wrestling fans from around the globe, wherever you're from, wherever you're listening from, however you listen to it, we're here and we are back. And nobody has swagger like us. It's a show where we speak about everything wrestling and hold back nothing. It is the Hot Tag Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Once again, what a crazy week in wrestling. Good Lord. It's a lot to cover, but I'm here to cover it, and I'm not alone. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. My former co-host, Shay, and yes, that is it, former. He's got some personal problems he has to deal with. Unfortunately, uh, I can't divulge that much further. One, he is a friend of mine, and uh, I prefer to uh, keep what's going on in his personal life exactly that personal. And uh, number two, it's none of anybody else's business. <laughs> Just being blunt. So, with that said, I have a new host. I have a new co-host. And yes, you've heard him before. He's been here. He's been here before. And this time, he's here to stay. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the slowest senpai himself, Mr. Roy Hoynett, is back again. Roy, welcome back. Thanks, welcome man. What's going on? Officially. Yeah, man, I can't believe it. I'm excited, excited to kind of dive in and, and get started. There's tons to discuss. Oh, excited to have you here, man. Like you said, there's so much to talk about it. Let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. Uh, first on the agenda, uh, this past week, everybody's seen Elimination Chamber. We've seen what happened. Uh, I mean, right to Monday night. We get hit with a curveball, which, let's be completely honest, that doesn't happen very often anymore when it comes to WWE. But, yeah, we got hit with a curve with the big four of the NXT superstars debuting on Raw, uh, Aleister Black, Tommaso Ciampa, and Joey Gargano. And then, so, oh, my goodness. Oh, and Ricochet. My goodness. How the heck could I forget Ricochet? What a performance those four guys put on uh, Monday and Tuesday. Roy, what'd you think? Honestly, they I feel like they put the main the main roster on notice. Um, and and you you've heard it from multiple sources. Um, Was that now, really to put getting, a kind of fire under their ass though? Do you think they really needed that? Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, you know, it, it, from the pops they got. Um, initially on Monday. Now I'm I'm gonna kind of go into Tuesday as well in regards to them specifically, um, because the, the Monday crowd was terrible, completely, Agreed. absolutely horrible. They, they didn't really pop for anybody. Um, but I'll use Tuesday as a good example because you know the crowds the crowd was definitely more vocal um, on Tuesday. Um, <clears throat> they. Not only was the match, and I'll, I'll speak specifically on the match between um, Aleister Black and Andrade because they've had matches before in NXT, and you could definitely tell they were they were enjoying themselves, you know, putting that match on. And the crowd was invested as well. Um, once they went back to the regular roster, though, you noticed that the crowd wasn't as into the match, and even the wrestlers themselves seemed like they were going into the motions. Uh, going through the motions of just you know getting through the match, they they didn't work. They didn't really work anything new. It was kind of the same spots, you know. It just it just kind of seemed like a you know a regular match um, that you would see on Monday or Tuesday night. Now to answer your question, you know, following up with that, yes, because of the fact that considering the dynamic, the crowd dynamic between the two net the two matches, you could definitely tell that something needs to change. With, with the whole roster, not, you know, just because if you got four guys, not even the big five, if you only got four of the five big, you know, big names on next T coming up and schooling the people on the roster that have been on the roster for years, that, that's got to be a bit of a pride. It's got to be, that's got to be, you know, it's got to hurt their pride a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually looking at this from so many different variables. Uh, even, you know, as far as the call-ups themselves. I, originally, um, who was it? I don't want to credit WrestleZone, uh, WrestleZone.com on mandatory. 
uh, I want to credit them because I first saw uh, um, who I, I believe it was Kevin Kellum uh, wrote an article saying that uh, that higher ups in WWE went to their writers and said, you know, let's think outside the box for this show. Let's do something different. You know, no crazy ideas. Like any any crazy ideas you have, tonight's the night for them. Um, was the gist of the article, and I thought that was, I thought that was interesting because, for all intents and purposes, Elimination Chamber was a pleasant surprise. I actually thought Elimination Chamber was a great pay per view from start to finish. Uh, you know the feel good moments of Sasha and uh, Bailey becoming the first uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Uh, Finn Balor. Capturing the uni- uh the excuse me, the university intercontinental championship. Uh down to the men's elimination chamber and the amazing performance that Kofi put on from start to finish. The and it was a lot of it was the stories, you know, the stories behind it. Like they actually, for the first time in a while, focused on the stories. And not just the stories that they wanted to put on, you know, organic stories like Kofi, that grew organically. And not just, you know, not, not taking any, anything away from Kofi's performance, because his performance alone was, I felt, one of the biggest things that brought it on. But I think just the attention to the story building that they did, they put on such a great pay-per-view, and I think they wanted, they, you know, it was, they woke up the next day and was like, wow, there's so much positive uh, coverage from the pay-per-view. How do, how do we ride this wave? How do we compound? How do we, you know, bring it up more? The NXT call-ups to me was a complete surprise. And, uh, and like I said, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, yeah, they're definitely riding the wave of Elimination Chamber, you know, want to garner the, you know, the high viewership, which they did. I mean, they did their job because if you, I mean, if you looked on Wednesday, their numbers grew and grew exponentially. Yeah, I, I so, definitely agree with you on that. So, I, I thought it was great. I think they did their job. I think they did it properly. Uh, they set each guy up. I think well, uh, booking. Booking was kind of weird for me. Uh, they put on great matches, but I wasn't so sure about the booking, like putting uh, Ricochet, put, put a Ricochet with Finn Balor against Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. That was kind of weird. Uh, you know, if you had seen Elimination Chamber the night before, after the match, Bobby Lashley, I mean, decimated Leo Rush. And then the very next night, they're back together, you know, doing a tag match. And... I think Ricochet's talents would have been suited off of the one-on-one. I mean, put him against Leo Rush. I don't think Leo Rush... I mean, Leo Rush is a great competitor. That would have been a great match. I think Leo could hang. Could hang with I him, think but I don't think they could have really done that because I felt like this was Rush. This was a spur-of-the-moment thing. Honestly, I have, a, I have a couple of different things to speak on that. So before I speak on the Ricochet match... Um, I will say that initially, yes, I was surprised as well. I was excited, obviously, as, as many of us were. Oh, yeah. Um, but after the fact, you know, information came out that the reason why they brought them up, and, and this is kind of what upsets me about, about, this, the, about, about the call-ups. They, weren't, they were called up because not only do they carry NXT, but they are brought up because – most of the main roster superstars are damaged too much to push them. Sure. Preventive man. True. And, and, and that upsets me very much because you, you tried pushing the people you wanted to push. It didn't work. And you tried to push the people you wanted to push because, you know, you know by using these talented superstars as cannon fodder, as jobbers to these people you wanted to push, it didn't work. And now you have a roster of superstars that aren't believably pushable. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing up NXT superstars to take their place, and, and it just but you're, but you're holding talent hostage so they don't go elsewhere. You know, like it, it just it's 
it's a vicious cycle to me. It's now, a, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to you. No, I was going to say it was a product of their own doing. Correct. I, I That's mean, why they, put, it's they pigeonholed themselves into this situation. You know, they went so long. They went so long pushing, like you said, pushing who they wanted to push. You know, burying pretty much who they could. Thank God that you know Finn was salvageable. You know, because I truly, really? I truly believe you know they realized, especially once AAW made their huge announcement. AEW made their huge announcement. Holy crap! Oh, this is real. It's, and when uh, when Dean Ambrose, when he said, "No, I'm not renewing." That's when they that's when they really went into panic mode and they were like, okay, well let's figure out who, you know, who we can fix. Because I mean, right now, after it's especially after Monday, who's re- who really believes that Braun Strowman is the monster among men anymore? I don't I agree. I, I don't agree with that statement. They they he's a joke now. You know, they could have I used to I, when uh Walter first when Walter first came to NXT UK, I was like Oh my gosh! I can't wait till him and uh, Braun Strowman meet face to face. Good grief! That's going to be hard hitting and mean. Now Walter's going to kick him in the face one time, and it's over. Right, and that's pretty much everybody's perception now because they've did because, like you said, they damaged these superstars so much. And you know, maybe there would have been a glimmer of hope, you know, for some of the superstars be like, oh, well, maybe now this is my chance because now they want to look at everybody else. But since now, there's so many other different options. Over there, I just let my contract run out and be gone and go somewhere else. Where... And, and I'll speak on this, actually, uh, in that regard. The superstars that were just released, um, TJP, Ty Dillinger. Hideo um, Tommy. Even, even Arn. So before I go into the rest of this themselves, I'm going to talk about Arn for really quick. So, as everybody probably already knows, Arn Anderson was released. Um, actually, this morning, um, um, credit to Wrestling Inc., um, that's, uh, they came out with an article um, because the Wrestling News Observer um, came out and stated that the reason why Arn was released um, was because there was an issue at a house show where Arn was con- having constant conflict with Vince. Vince didn't like it, let him go. Mm. As far as what that specific situation was, nobody really knows any details. All we know is that there was a conflict with Vince. Vince cut, hit the axe on him. Now, this is where it's not necessarily a bad thing, where it can only be a, you know, not a bad thing for him, but a worse thing for Vince down the line. So whenever, no, we all know whenever a contract ends with WWE, there's a 90-day no-compete. Right. Here's the thing. Since they were released now, Double or Nothing isn't until May, if I remember correctly. Yeah, May 25th. So those 90-day no-competes will end just shy of but Double or Nothing. Mm. Ty Dillinger is friends with Cody personally and stayed in touch with him after he left. Right. I kind of already have an idea of where Ty's going to go. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was always a foregone conclusion, me. Right. As far as TJP, I mean, probably the same thing to be honest with you, just because it's it's appealing. Um, Contracts will probably be worth more because Tony Khan is worth more, Um, and that's not that's not a dig. That's a fact. Um, Tony Khan is worth more money than Vince McMahon, so he has more money to invest. Especially if if they're bringing if they bring in, you know, talent that, you know, Cody the Bucks and the other you know executives determined weren't utilized properly, they they could have, you know, they they could have a gold mine on their hands. When when Ty Dillinger came up to the uh, to the main roster, he was he was, he was hot. That that uh, Royal Rumble where he debuted at number ten, he got the biggest pop of the night, the biggest pop of the night. And he's a tremendous talent. Yeah. So I feel like it, it, it would only be right that he go there because they, he would actually be utilized properly. You know? I want to see TJP in New Japan. <laughs> I can agree with I, that, I, yeah. I, I know it yeah. sounds so random. I know it sounds so random, but I would love to see TJP in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I think he would 
I think he would thrive there. The the gimmick that that WWE created for him was per. It sucks that he couldn't that he wouldn't be able to take that with him because he he could take that to gosh like he would be almost the second coming of Kenny Omega in the fact, listen, in the fact of his love for anime, his creativity when it comes to his outfits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, that's always been a huge play when America, when Americans love and appreciate the anime culture. And treat it with reverence and respect. Um, you know, you saw the same thing with Kenny Omega. If TJP could have done that same thing in New Japan, he'd sell. Right, he'd go crazy. He'd sell crazy merch. But oh, yeah, I, I'd I love to see him. I'd love to see him there. I'm not sh- really sure about the fit. I, I'm not really sure his body would be able to hold up. <laughs> <laughs> with the strong style, with how small I don't think he'd be able to hang. But but I mean, who's to say? I'd love for him to prove me wrong. But Ar- Arn and that that Arn Anderson story. That's Vince is gonna uh, Vince is gonna cut his nose off despite his face. And when you told me that uh, when Vince fired Arn over a confrontation, a disagreement, the first thing that came to my mind was this. Uh, the situation with Titus O'Neil, yep. when he suspended him, you know, you know, playfully grabbing him. Vince is so damn sensitive, so damn sensitive, and it's he's like, insecure it, in his old age. I think. Uh, I think. In uh, my opinion. I can see. I can see how it could come across that way. Um. I call him sensitive just because that's how he acts. And to a certain level, I don't really think he's all that sensitive. But just his behavior, you know, when somebody disagree, when someone disagrees with him, you know, or rubs him the wrong way, he always overreacts. Yep, it's that's over- true. Overreaction to him. And I just don't get it. Like, for what? Like, argue Arn Anderson. Like, if you want a whole bunch of yes men around you, then okay. And Vince, to me, is part of the good old boy network. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he reminds me of you know one of the one of those sketchy promoters from out, you know, Outlaw Promotions. Mm-hmm. You know, just on a on a white collar scale. You're right. You know, he comes across to me that way when, you know, he'll try to, you know, you screw him over, he'll try to undercut you any way he can. Mm-hmm. And just the littlest things that he gets so angry, it just, it aggravates me. And like I said, it's going to shoot him in the foot. Arn, you know, Arn Anderson was huge in NWA. Yeah. You know, teaming with Larry, teaming with uh, Larry Sabisco, being part of the Four Horsemen, one of the founders of the Four Horsemen. I mean, Cody can easily call Arn and say, "Hey, I want to bring an old, you know, I want to bring an old school promotion feel to AEW." They do. Jim Cornette will probably be Jim Cornette will probably be my first choice, but he hates what the hell we do so much. He probably won't give us the time of day. Jim Cornette's already been signed by WWE again. He's been picked back up. I think he's taking. No way! Stop it! Are you serious? What? Jim Cornette starts Monday. I partied. I partied last night because I'm not gonna. I celebrated. I celebrated our uh, our podcast getting on Spotify. So he's already been snatched. He's already been snatched, man. Yeah. Oh I'm, wow. I'm well, serious. Oh, I'm dead serious. I have to take. I almost want to take back everything I said about Vince because you know damn well Jim Cornette is anything but a yes man. Correct. That that and the thing about it is he's not just joining creative. He's leading creative. Wait. Oh. Okay. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. You're thinking about Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> 
Oh, Bruce Pritchard. Sorry, sorry. That's what I was thinking because I was like, wait, what? I was like, Duke Cornette went back to WWE. I'm so sorry. What? You were right. You were 100% correct. I am so sorry. Still get there the first night, be ready to kick Paul Heyman's ass. <laughs> right. No, you're right. No, you I'm, I'm sorry. I am thinking of management problems. Oh, my gosh. I am so sorry. I make mistakes too. I make mistakes too. Um, but yeah, no. And we uh, corrected yeah, ourselves, yeah. and who's big enough to screw us yet anyway? <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, but no. What I was gonna say in regards to um to Arn Anderson, um, here's the thing, um, I I have a very strong feeling that he's gonna go with AEW, and that's simply because of the fact that um he is going to work with. Um, well, I feel like AEW already has that kind of existing partnership with NWA as it stands because of Double or Nothing. I mean, uh, the original uh, All In. Right. So I feel like um, going forward, you know, obviously that that if he decides he wants to stay in the business, you know, because he, he's, he's been in the business a long time, so he might just retire. But, I mean, if he decides to, you know, spite Vince, that's the route I would go just because – he already has that connection to NWA, you know. NWA always ha- already has that connection with AEW, so it just kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. especially since Billy Gunn's already there. So, hey, the possibilities are endless at this point. God, it's so it's such an exciting time for wrestling. Like I, I am bugging over Double or Nothing. I'm bugging. Um, like I can't wait just to see how this year is just going to be so big for wrestling. You know, not just from AEW's account, but WWE, WWE doing WrestleMania in New York. You know, they're doing another Saudi Arabia show. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about those, but... Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, aside from, aside from political point of views... They still do very well. the the uh, The Saudi Arabia show still did very well ratings wise. You know, you know. Right. Of course, it was on the WWE network. But I mean, you're not going to be, you're not going to be a fan and not catch a glimpse of it just to see if it's interesting enough to grab you. That's true. That's and that's, true. Enough. And like I said, that's you know political aside. I haven't watched it yet just because. My own, you know, saying my own views and my own morals, I I can't allow myself to watch any show that they do in Saudi Arabia. I will watch everything else. Call me a hypocrite. Eh. (laughs) I don't care, but I feel like this is, uh, wrestling is going to be so huge this year. So huge. And speaking of huge news, Roman Reigns is coming back tomorrow on Raw to give an update of his cancer situation. Now, this could mean anything. He could tell us just, you know, hey, things are doing better than expected. Things keep going so well. I might be able to do something at WrestleMania. I might be strong enough. He could be telling us, hey, respond to well to treatment. I'm good enough. If I'm watched over on a constant basis, hey, I can come back, do a couple of dates, and maybe come back full-time very soon. He could be telling us, and God forbid this is the last thing we'd ever want to hear. Guys, this is too much. It's going to take me a while to really fight this thing. I got to go ahead and hang it up. And God, that's the last thing that I, I think any of us will want to hear, except for like right. extreme Westboro Baptist wrestling marks who still watch, to this day watch Corey hardcore matches to get off, but that aside, this, I mean this is this is big because I I didn't expect them to really bring him back until WrestleMania to maybe do us you know do some type of spot with uh, Rollins you know for his match against Lesnar WrestleMania. Him coming back so soon, I think, is really significant. And I agree. I'm saying biggest so, pop of the year, easily biggest pop of the year. Yeah, the one pop that Vince has been looking for for the longest. <laughs> yeah, right. 
and that's the thing it was out of Vince's control you know what I mean like it's it, and that just goes to show how organic building works and it's something that I feel like that 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 in in the Roman situation I feel like that's something that Vince should have just accepted he's he because in my opinion the WWE is his baby I feel like he thinks he can control how the crowd's going to react but in this day and age with access to social media and various different platforms and different wrestling promotions you you have to build organically otherwise it's not going to work kayfabe's gone so there's there's no way to build the old way anymore it has to be organic the crowd has to be behind you i mean look at the kofi situation look at the becky situation you know what i mean look at um honestly and, and a lot of people didn't think about it like this but look at the miz and shane situation that was an organic build as well. Sure. Um, like it's it's like it's organic or nothing. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, there's just there's no other way to do it. And and with Roman Reigns coming back, we're gonna see for a fact that that's that's exactly what it was. I mean, it, it's you know it was organic in a negative sense, in the sense of why it became what Vince wanted. Of course, you know we do, you don't ever want anybody wrestler or not to go through something like that. But the fact that the crowd kind of realized, hey, this. You know, the way Roman was acting, you know, that that's actually who he is. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, people for the longest time kind of assumed that he Roman Reigns was just a German scene of 2.0. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when this news came out, you know, people were kind of like, oh, he's he's not actually John Cena. He's Joe Inouye. Uh, Joe, I can't pronounce his last name. Forgive me. But, but he, you know, he's Joe. He's yeah. not just Roman Reigns. He's Joe. This is who he is as a person. You know, and people started kind of saying, oh, wow, you know, like this, this is him. People started accepting him more when they realized that. So, you know, just, just, I, I mean, there's just a lot to look forward to on Monday, in my opinion. There's, there's way too much to think about um, as, as far as what, what the show could be, what the show's going to be. Um, I just feel like, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but I never got to finish my, my statement in regards to the the ricochet match i think that it was it was handled beautifully um regardless of how leo looks i feel like it was handled beautifully and it was because it it's continually building a story between between bobby uh bobby lashley and leo rush um in my like they've been i don't know if you if you keep up with with any of their social media but um Leo Rush tends to 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 post up like story progression on his Twitter quite often, and um, there was a couple of different ones that were posted. One from Bobby Lashley talking to Leo, and one from Leo to Bobby Lashley. The first one was the most impactful because basically it was after Elimination Chamber. Um, Leo Rush was sitting in the back. Um, Lashley walks up and starts berating the guy. And then Leo was like, you know what? You want to hit me? Hit me. You know, I'm sorry that I lost the title. You know, basically he's he's being really emotional here. And, you know, you can definitely feel it. You know, he's just like, you know, you want to you want to throw me through a table? Go for it. You know, like you've already you've already hurt me once, whatever. You know, and then Bobby pretty much just stated, you know, like you got to, you know, are you, you know, we were, you know, we had a plan. You know, the plan fell through and WrestleMania is around the corner. So I didn't know if you're in or out. He walks away. Right. Good, good build. Good, good, very good storytelling there. Um, and then, you know, Leo walks up, you know, probably a few days later or whatnot, and he's like, you know what, I, I'm sorry I lost the title, but I need you to know where your heart's at. You know, like, like where were you for 15 minutes when, when Finn was beating my ass? You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was funny, but, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a progression of the story between Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. And on top of that, Leo Rush has been posting videos of his kid, you know, of him spending time with his family. So I feel like I don't know if they're planning on doing any kind of turn with either of them, but I feel like more people are kind of starting to get behind Leo Rush because of the builds he's doing on his social media. And I would definitely recommend if you haven't seen it to watch it because it's, it's, it's definitely good to see that different perspective in regards to Leo and, and, and Lashley. So it's an interesting dynamic. I never I was when when Leo first, you know, came on as uh Bobby's mouthpiece, I, 
I wasn't so sure about it at first. Uh, it was hitting with me because I was like, oh, you're annoying as hell. So it was hitting the right chord with me, but it was just, I was seeing the two together and I'm just like, I see where they're going with like, you know, Bobby being this big, this big guy, you know, and Leo being quote unquote, you know, the little pit squeak mouthpiece. Like I saw that where they were going with it. I saw what they were building and it, it had to grow on me, but like you said, organically it did. And that's definitely something to look out for because down the road, if that's what they're building, if they're going to build this toward a match, how? And then who, and then like, who do you, you know, who you put over, which I mean, would you would only assume is foregone conclusion. You came here beside you're putting over Lashley. But I still disagree with this whole thing. I, I still feel like, God, there's still, there's still a chance for you to put together Lashley versus Wesley. I agree. That that's actually what I think they're building towards. The talk the um, talk is is for that after uh Mania because apparently Brock has signed a couple more dates past uh WrestleMania. Right. Like I, I feel like I, I just I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to chime in. I I just there's something I really need to say in that regard because um if you remember when Leo Rush first started being Bobby's mouthpiece, they were face. Mm-hmm. And he was hilarious. Leo was hilarious because, um, like, obviously, you know, um, back when uh, Kevin Owens was still on roster and active, he had that little thing with uh, Elias. And Elias and him made jokes about its size, of course. And it was it was just funny seeing the banter because he, he, he had the rock vibes to me um, in the sense of, yeah, they were talking trash, but he was talking trash right back. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. one of those things where Leo was 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 very quick witted, and I feel like if they go the face right again, it'd be perfect because of the fact that, um, like I was talking with you last night, Bobby. I mean, uh, Vince has always been very high on, on last week. He left. Vince felt some kind of way about it, but I feel like Lashley's actually kind of earned his place back. Um, I'm hoping, like I said, it's not set in stone, but I'm hoping that, you know, he's earned his place back so we can see that match. Because right now, in regards to main roster, even with the NXT call-ups, the only person I can believably see being a threat to um, threat to La- uh, Lesnar is Lashley. That's it. And I feel like it'd be a rub to Leo to be able to just go toe-to-toe with Le- with Heyman on the mic. That would be a dream for me because a uh, little backstory, I've always wanted to be a uh, a manager. Mm-hmm. That, that's just, I wanted to be a mouthpiece. That's I'm not a wrestling guy. I'm not a guy that wanted to be a champion. I wanted to be a mouthpiece for somebody. So for me, that'd be, that'd be my dream matchup right there. Heyman and Leo just going at it, you know, like a week or two out from WrestleMania. You know, if not this year, the next year. That would be right. amazing to me. Hmm. So, that would be amazing to see. <clears throat> so he's been on Twitter already, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so you were telling me last night there's some things you gotta get off your chest. <sighs> you tell me you want to go in rant mode. All right. And I, and I, once you told cool. once you told me, I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and give the floor to you and just just let you have at it because I feel like somebody needs to say it. And okay. Me so, if I if me if I say it, we're, I'm gonna get like four cease and desist notices. You know, Spotify is probably gonna threaten to take me off. Man, you know what? I'm gonna throw out the one sweep for you. Yeah, I'm about to go in. Yeah, um, you're, always, you're so, the voice of reason between us, so you 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 can put it much more eloquently than I can. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing. So you have a roster of stacked talent. Okay, you have you have talent that have ideas that that wanna that wanna see the product succeed, that care about the product, right? Mm-hmm. So so you have a third brand that you've built as the as the development brand 
Okay. For the longest time, NXT has been billed as the development brand. Anytime an NXT superstar is called up, it's considered a promotion. So why would you bring up the big big four of five? Because gotta give love to Velveteen Dream. He is the fifth. He is the fifth member of, of the NXT Rangers, in my opinion. The and NXT Rangers. <laughs> I, I feel like I the fact that they had to bring up the stars and it has been quoted as saying because Vince does not believe in his current roster, his believability to be built up as stars. That upsets me because you, you, you spent, like I was saying earlier in, in the podcast, you spent all this time burying most of your roster to build up these select superstars. It didn't work. You, and like you said, now they're pigeonholed. So now they're having to bring up the NXT stars to just stomp on the main roster. So what does that say about the developmental brand? If Triple H's baby is stomping on main roster because Vince messed up his talent. I, I, I And that's my opinion. That that's not I, – I can't say if that's fact in the WWE side, but in my opinion, Vince, who is in, who is in full control – of everything that goes on on the main roster, made some bad calls in regards to his talent, and now he's looking to Triple H's talent to pick up the slack. That, to me, signifies that NXT is no longer a developmental brand. It's no longer a secondary brand. It is the brand to be on in regards to WWE as a whole. Now, I will speak on this as well. So you, they had a match where they had um, Drew Gulak come to a five and put on an absolute clinic with Matt Riddle. Absolute clinic. That is the best match of the year, in my opinion. That's a five-star match. That was a five-star match, easily. And it wasn't a five-star match because of spots. It was a five-star match because it was an old-school Matt wrestling submission match. And I'm talking like early Kurt Angle submission match. I'm talking Ken Shamrock submission match. You know, I, I'm I'm talking early Chris Benoit. You can you can throw the throw the censorship on the name later if you want submission match. Like I, it was it was an amazing technically sound match. And that just goes to and and I mean we see we see Drew Gulak on two hundred five. Those matches are nothing like this match. Those matches were are boring compared to this match. And Matt Riddle, I will applaud the way they're building Matt Riddle because they're making him seem like a credible threat out the gate. They're putting him in matches where he is not getting, you know, being shown as a weak competitor. Um, so I and and even they had an interview on WWE about Matt Riddle in the sense that um, he stated that he hates Brock Lesnar. He hates the way he works. He hates the way he's treating the business. And he wants to knock him out and retire him. He stated that. So you got to believe that if anybody can do it outside of Lashley, it's Riddle. Man, I have so much to rant about, honestly. But that for now, that that's, that's basically my issue is the fact that NXT's carrying the main roster. And if I was a member of the main roster, I'd ask for my release or I'd step it up. And quite a few people, as you've seen already, have asked for their release. Or they're getting titles because they want to stay because they want to keep them. <laughs> Speaking of revival, finally. Finally. <laughs> finally. Top guys are top guys. And it only took threats of leaving for them to get to get it, too. Who needs hard work when you have AEW leaving? They, they literally walk to the back, walk to the gorilla session. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, can we be released and just walk off? Because they asked for it. That's the thing. It's it, It's been – they asked for their release. They didn't get it, but they got the titles. What is this? What is wrestling now? What – I feel like and we've talked about this multiple times from multiple angles. Regardless of how you look at it, AEW is going to be a player in the game. I'm not going to say right now that they're going to be a threat because we've heard that from tons of different sources as regards to being a threat to WWE in five to ten years. But but here's the thing. like Cody's stated multiple times that he 
does not want to be WWE 2.0. He does not want to compete with WWE in that regard. He wants to have more of a sports-centric product. And I feel like because of that, it, it's it's going to be a good alternative. Because like I said, that that I feel like that's what's needed because a lot of people don't even see pro wrestling as pro wrestling anymore. They just kind of see it as WWE's version of it, where it's it's all about character and story. And that's good. Character and story is definitely good. But the actual matches need improvement. We need more out of actual matches to build to to you know to build that story more. Yeah, I'm still. I mean, I'm still a fan of, uh, you know, watching NWA, watching AWA, watching uh, um Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I like I like watching because it's, I'm gonna compare it right. In, I'm gonna pair compare wrestling back then to wrestling now it's pretty much the same way if you look at it and look at it in the way of college football in the NFL when you're playing college football number one you're playing for free which is absolute bullshit in my opinion but that's another conversation for another day <laughs> <laughs> you know you're you know you're fighting and you're you're playing your ass off not only to get looked at but once you hit that upper echelon of draft pick, you're working your ass off for that number one for that number one draft spot. So you're constantly, you know, you're constantly working. You're constantly working on your technique. You're constantly, you know, working on the intangibles, working on your footwork. You're working hard to get that number one spot. And that's kind of how it was in, you know, in the territory days of wrestling. They honed, they honed their craft and knew that it was more than just getting in front of a camera, you know, you know, speaking a couple words to get people, you know, to scream at you, whether it's for adoration or for pure hate. Mm-hmm. It was going in the ring, being technically sound, having good ring psychology, having good cardio, just having good cardio, finish a match. We talk about how in New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, these guys are going through 60-minute matches, and we're all amazed. I mean, back in territory days, I mean, they're having got their, uh, you know, belt strap matches for 45 minutes, whooping the hell out of each other. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like, they, and they knew back in the day that there, that there was so much more to it than just the show and the glamour, because back then it was nothing but but full-on wrestling. Right. Whereas compared to now, let's be, let's be honest, compared to the back of the days, wrestling today is spoiled because you're not put, you don't have to put in as much work to now as you did back then. That's the point that I'm making. That's the exact, you hit the nail on the head, my friend. And it, yeah, and that's what, and that's that's how I look at it. It's like you, you know, you once a player gets to the NFL, and of course this is subjective because not every, you know, not every football player in the NFL is making a million dollars. Some guys are making, you know, making sixty, seventy thousand a year, you know. But you go, but once you get to the NFL and you're like one of those upper echelon papers, you're playing, you're playing for the paycheck, and if you've already got the paycheck. At that point, you know, once you've gotten, a, you know, once you got a Super Bowl ring, once your name is solidified, you're pretty much coasting until you decide, all right, it's time for me to hang it up, I'm done. Yep, that's and true. It's, and it's the same, same way in wrestling like these mm-hmm. guys. And that's why it's like I cannot put it all – I can't put it all on the wrestlers when it comes to, you know, when it comes to how they're booked and how sometimes they're buried. Because you have, because you have, you know, some of these idiot writers that come from Hollywood don't know shit about wrestling. You know, want to put on these quirky ideas that's more suited for a fucking sitcom than it is for a wrestling ring, and that's why, and that's why people can't, you know, wrestling fans can't resonate with it because they're like, what the fuck is this? Yep. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn about who the hell she's sleeping with. I want to know. I want to know how pissed off they're going to be at each other. So by the time they get to the pay-per-view, 
somebody beating the hell out of somebody. Yep, that's true. And I and I feel like that's gonna be that's that's gonna eventually be the case, um, especially with the fact that Triple H, like you said um, <clears throat> to me before, I feel like Triple H is going for a power play at this point because he the fact that, the fact that all four of his uh, of his his stars that he took the time and the effort to build up the right way are literally. Um, putting in work, and I'm sorry, Big Six, because I forgot about Adam Cole, baby. Um, but you might as well call you might as well call like the big guy during twelve. The whole fucking undisputed era is a fuck. They're a whole click by them five star uh, superstars, in my opinion. Correct, and I and I feel like at this point, um, they haven't even brought up Velveteen or Adam Cole yet either. And this that, is enough for after Mania. And that's the thing that scares me. The fact that and, well, I mean, with, with Velveteen, I think I think because remember John Cena said if he comes back, that's the person he wants to face. He said that multiple times by now. Um, so obviously if he does end up making making time to get back, um, you know, that's a match that I'm clamoring to see just because of the fact that of all the tough enough competitors, you gotta think. The two that have the most impact right now in WWE are the two that didn't win. You got to think Miz didn't win, and look where he's at. Velveteen didn't win. Look where he's at. Yeah. And and I think I think that's just laughable because I, I'm not even going to use his name because he's just Velveteen to me now. But when he was on um, Tough Enough, he even stated he's like, I don't even care. Like I want to win, but even if I don't, I'm going to be farther than you were than you ever will be in this business because I care about this business. And it shows. It absolutely shows. Um, in all of the the call-ups so far, it shows. Um, just from the way they put on the matches to the way they, they did their promos to basically they're giving all of the main roster superstars the middle finger because they're, they're here to change the game whether they want them to or not. To them, you know, the money's great, but I feel like with a lot of the main roster stars – they, they care more about the money, and, and I understand. People have families. People have kids to feed. They're not, they're not at home most of the year. So I understand the fact that at this point they, they might have more personal issues to deal with, which is why they might not care as much. They just go through what Vince tells them, and that's it. But then you have stars. So it's there, I feel like there's three different, different type of superstar on the main roster, and, I, and I'm sorry I'm kind of all over the place. I'm trying to – Bring it together, so it's so it's so it's kind of understandable. Um, We're still with you. I feel like there's three brands of superstar. There's the superstar that is getting the pushes. There's the superstars we see every week on TV. Then there's the the there's the bitter superstar who feels like, you know, if I just had a chance, if I could just grab that brass ring, you know, I I could be up there with with the top stars. And then you have the content stars. The ones we never see on TV, the ones we we never even hear about, except once or twice a year for a Barry match. Um, so I, I feel like it's 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 a little bit different because with the with the ones we're pushing, obviously we know what the deal is with those. That that's kind of a given. Um, but the other two are kind of a are kind of different because you have those bitter superstars that feel like they have these ideas and they go to Vince. Vince shoots them down. They give up, right? I mean, it was like that with the New Day initially when they when they were coming up with an idea for themselves. Because before the New Day, E wasn't being utilized at all. Kofi wasn't being utilized at all. And then Xavier had just gotten off of that Funkadactyl thing when when uh, T- when Tyrus got fired. So I mean, like he didn't have anything going on either. So it's 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 one of those things where they kept they kept you know coming to events with ideas and coming to events with ideas, and eventually one stuck with him. Unfortunately, it was obviously the Chuck and driving, but I mean, it, they made it work. They did what they had to do, and now they're, they're three of the top merch sellers in the company. Good on them. Um, but you have a lot of superstars in that in that group where they want that brass ring, but they refuse to put in the work. And then you have the people who are content just making a paycheck because they might have something personal. They might just like the money, or they might have a family they have to take care of. While that's cool, get a job elsewhere. There's plenty of people who would be hungrier 
and, and one that actually care about the craft. Because I, I feel like there's there's way too many – the roster's way too stacked. And mm-hmm. nobody's being used. And there's a stigma with WWE that, yeah, you know, obviously they're, they're going to use a certain type of superstar. But I, at the same time, I feel like that's changing. Because like you said earlier in the podcast, um, all of the call-ups mm-hmm. are not what Vince would consider top guys. And yet they're, they had the biggest pops. They had the best matches with the most investment. And they got the highest ratings in those time slots. If that does not – if I'm Vince and I'm looking at that data and I'm looking at that information, I'm wanting to make a change quick, regardless of my personal pride or not. It's, it's all about money at the end of the day. And I just thought of something else. SmackDown's going to Fox Sports for that big billion-dollar contract. Mm-hmm. They're going to want a sports-centric product, which means they're going to want – those those sports heavy those those technical matches so i feel like that's also a reason why they're calling them up actually now that i think about it i could be wrong but i feel like that's that's just kind of the the process because they're going to be switching over i think this coming october september like late september early october i think they said was when they were going to make the switch from usa to fox so i feel like they're trying to get everything get all of their stars that they're going to be moving to smackdown on SmackDown. Very so, good call. That, that's, that's kind of where my head is right now. So I'm sorry that was all over the place. I apologize. No, that's good. I, like I said, I wanted to give you your time to rant. I'm, I'm glad you brought up uh, The New Day because I have a bit of a rant on my own. And it's not going to be a very popular one, but I've never been one to really want to be popular anyway. So, um, Let's see where it takes us. I made a comment the other. I made a comment the other day on my Facebook, which that's where if anybody you know if anybody wants to hit me up, talk, uh, you know, leave a comment about the show. Uh, I'm Eric Big Grizzbillets on uh, Facebook, but um, I don't have a whole. We don't have a whole bunch of time left, but I made a comment on my Facebook the other day, and I talked about how WWE kind of let me down last Sunday because I I got emotional during the men's chamber match when Kofi and Daniel Bryan were the last ones in and they were putting on the show of shows so far, in my opinion, of 2019. And it had me believing that Kofi had a chance to win. And then, you know, of course he lost. And uh, a part of me knew that he wasn't going to win. But, you know, they got me on that hope. But it's just... (sighs) WWE hasn't had an African-American world champion. I believe since the inception. And... It always rubbed me. It's always rubbed me a little the wrong way because I've always been. I've always been a person. I was that kid in high school that, you know, the nerdy kid with the glasses. You know, every all the other cool kids were talking about. You know, the hottest shoes or the cutest girl, anything like that. I'm. I would have talked about Raw and. <laughs> excuse me, Raw and Nitro from last night, and who thought who was better. And I, I was the social outcast for that. Which, like I said, growing up, I never really wanted to be the most popular kid anyway, and I didn't care. But I always noticed there was a huge disconnect between the African-American culture and wrestling. And what little there was, and what little there was, was always the this, this stereotype. Nation of Domination, which to me is one one of the greatest factions of all time. To me, I was always Nation of Domination over DX. Oh yeah, no doubt. Because yeah, because I was familiar with it. it. Was something I could relate to. Of course, it was satire. You know, of course, it was stereotype. But coming from my culture, that was the one thing in wrestling that I could actually relate to that didn't 
feel like I was being an, a quote-unquote Oreo. And that same, the same disconnect is like I felt that same disconnect when Kofi lost because I was like, how fitting would it have been for Kofi, who organically got over, organically got over with the crowd, the crowd wanted to see him win. How fitting would it have been for Kofi to become champion during Black History Month? Now, I'll admit, the disconnect is, is starting to go away a little bit because you're starting to see more African-American superstars. You see, you know, you see Keith Lee, you see Bianca Belair. You Montez, see Street Ford. Yeah, you see Street Profits, you see Ember Moon. But WWE, I think it's time. I really do. It's time. And I'm not even speaking from the aspect of affirmative action where it's like you bury somebody else. Just specifically, you know what I'm saying? It's about a black person, it's a bit of black person as champion. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I've never been that guy. But Kofi has earned it for 11 damn years. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna make the if you're gonna make this match. At fast lane between Kofi and Daniel Bryan, if you're gonna if you're gonna make this happen, which you pretty much already have, do not bury Kofi or the New Day after this because honestly, it's put up or shut up time in my personal opinion. You can't make somebody, you know, organically over as Kofi. Put him in two championship matches and have him lose both of them. Not only have you, not only have you pretty much buried him, you buried the New Day. Who are your top merch sellers right now? Lose by DQ. Huh? Lose by DQ. I feel I'm gonna call it. Gonna let you finish, but I'm just gonna say I'm I'm pulling a Kanye on you. I'm sorry, but um, there's gonna be a loss by DQ at Fastlane to build towards WrestleMania. I'm calling it right now. Absolutely calling it right now, but continue. Are they gonna give? Are they gonna? So you, so you think they're actually gonna give? They're gonna give Kofi. They're gonna give uh, Brian and Kofi around their WrestleMania too. I think so because they're like with the way that it's setting right now. There's they don't have anybody else. They don't have a storyline set yet for WrestleMania. There's no way. So I feel like they're going to do, um, like they're gonna have either Eric Rowan come in or maybe even Luke Harper come back, and and hop in and interrupt the match. You know, slam like beat Kofi down. You know, uh, Daniel Bryan loses via DQ, keeps the title till WrestleMania, and then, you know, then have that WrestleMania match. I feel like it's literally going to be a Daniel Bryan story, but with Kofi this time. Which is ironic if you think about it. It has to because I don't see I don't see anything else. I I don't see how you I don't see how you put Kofi in this program and then you have him lose as organically over as he is and. I, like I said, I think it's time. Kofi's the perfect person. Your merch is going to do stupid, stupid putting putting the championship on Kofi. And you put him over. You give him. You give him what he what he deserves. And then I, I mean, after that, like I don't really see the new day ever really wanting to go anywhere else. I agree because, because of how they've been. Like you know, you have loyal guys in in Biggie. Kofi and Xavier because they could have been gone. Yeah, the three collectively could have left and like, hey, let's start our own thing somewhere else, and would have still gotten us over as they are now without WWE. That's true. So WWE, do come on, do the right thing, do the right thing. Put it on them. But uh, yeah, we're almost out of time. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap this bad boy up. Call it a day. Uh, no, you got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. This was literally a last minute. We, you know, you called me last night and said we got to put together. I said, well, screw it. Let's go ahead and put the show together. And then we just put on next. We put on the whole show. Yay for us. With my first co-host. Hey, the, I love the chemistry. I love yes. it. I love I agree. it. This is going to be huge. It was very fun. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you, man. 
you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Higgs. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Higgs. Um, and you can find me on Facebook at Roy Hodnett. So, and that's H O D N E double T. Okay, Jeff Jarrett. oh man we got now hey now we gotta hit the studio and make our own version (laughs) make our own we gotta gotta have some 808s in there though oh yeah yeah definitely the 808s is there (laughs) oh man we'll go ahead and take it off (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, man yeah, you can find you can find me, Eric Biggers Billups on Facebook. Uh, find me on Instagram, Lineage of Excellence, Lineage underscore of underscore excellence. And uh, I hate people, so that's pretty much the only places that you're really gonna find me. But I do, but I do respond. I do respond. Put something on my wall. Let me know if you like the show. Tell me if you hated the show. Uh, if you're an asshole, I'm probably going to block you. So it's, 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 let's be sensible, guys. Leave me some decent stuff to comment on here. And, hey, I'll if you have questions show. or anything, we'll definitely have it on the show for next week. We'll set aside some time and answer some of you guys' questions because I'm sure – hey, we're relatively new, so I'm sure there's a lot that you guys want to hear about us. We haven't gone as far to really tell you all about our personal lives yet because, one, a lot of y'all are stalkers. And then, number two, <laughs> we know you guys want wrestling and we – hey – we try to give you the wrestling content. We give you our opinions, and we try to give you the truth when we can. <laughs> well, you got any last things before we go? Honestly, man, no. Uh, just guys, enjoy the enjoy all the products. Um, if, if you love the product, whether it's whether it's TNA, WWE, AEW coming up, just just show your love to the product and the people that put that work in. Um, this, like he was saying earlier, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. But with that. You know, see it, see it soon. Definitely see it soon. We are out. You guys have a great day. Like he says, enjoy the product, enjoy wrestling, laugh at the stuff you want to, you know, cry at the stuff you want to. But hey, what a time to be a wrestling fan. We're out.